Hi, everybody. Welcome back to episode 82 of the Simple One Podcast. I'm your host, Colin. I'm joined by my co-host, Chris. How are we doing, everybody? We're just a couple of best friends who are passionate about all things pop culture. If you're looking for lukewarm takes on movies, video games, TV shows, or even occasional comic, then we've got the show for you. That's right. That's right. Every week I have a slight panic attack when I don't remember what episode it is, and then I immediately remember what episode it is. <laughs> and it takes place, like, it doesn't really, like, you don't hear it, Mm-mm. but it's there. It's there. <laughs> like, where I go, welcome back to episode 82 of the simple one. That 82 is me going, is it fucking episode 99? What is this? Is it episode we're all, three? We're almost at 100. Yeah, we're almost there. Mm-hmm. So we hit 100 and then we're done. We just fucking, <laughs> yeah, we're just fucking deuce. Don't even announce it. Just one week there just isn't an episode. Just uh, what is it, an Irish goodbye? A Scottish goodbye? Where you don't say nothing? You just bounce? I don't know. I think it's like an Irish or Scottish goodbye. Just... Is that racist? No. All right, then. I don't know. <laughs> just fucking stare at you. was racist. This week we... Uh... <laughs> I'm not fucking racist, man. This week we watched uh, No One Will Save You. On Hulu. I I was stuck in Dracula flow mode. (laughs) No one will save you, you stupid piece of shit. Sorry. I'm I'm taking those garbanzo Garbanzo beans. beans. (laughs) High on 12 Vicodin smoking (laughs) Scooby-Doo dick. Like, what does that mean? What the fuck are you talking about? Now, we watched uh, No One Will Save You with Caitlin Deaver, and it is on Hulu. Uh, Not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. Uh, yeah, it was an alien abduction, home invasion type movie, um, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. I always like when a, a streaming movie drops that like actually interests you. We're like, oh no, wait a minute. I figured Prey was Prey. one of those. Yeah. Uh, and so I was before- looking for Prey the other day. I was trying to watch it. No. I mean, it's on Hulu. I know, but I turned on the TV and it was already on HBO Max. And I went, well. <laughs> I guess I'm here. Yeah. yeah. Fuck it. I'm not going looking. I like you. I was looking for Prey the other day. <laughs> you, you turned on the TV and it wasn't on your screen. And you went, I give up. Yeah. I, I tap. Well, Prey was the reason. <laughs> I yield. <laughs> Do you yield? <laughs> no, I was looking for it. Well, that's what made me. They're like, oh, I watched the Prey. TV. Yeah. I watched Prey. <laughs> Popped up and I was sitting on like Adventure Time, a regular show. Yeah, I was like, like, all right. All right. <laughs> so. Uh, before we get into that, we do have some, uh, probably our, our main story is uh, that the Writers Guild has reached a tentative agreement with the AMPTP. Now they're just down to filling out some, you know, getting the actual verbiage of the the contract agreement, and then mm-hmm. it'll be ratified, and they'll have a new three-year contract. But not the Actors Guild. Correct. SAG. Yeah. Yep. So this was the writers. The writers have been on strike for, like, nearly six months. It was about 146 days. Uh, I believe it's the longest strike that the Writers Guild has ever gone on. Mm-hmm. Um, but the... Oh, I guess I give the rest of the <laughs> header. Uh, we also had a trailer for a new movie uh, called um, Dream Scenario with Nicolas Cage. That looked pretty interesting to us, I thought. Uh, we got a <laughs> kind of an odd little... Not odd, but a... Oh, really? Uh, statement from Robert Kirkman, uh, the creator of... Invincible mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the Walking Dead comics uh, about the Invincible series. And then <laughs> we may or may not have gotten confirmation of the next Star Wars Jedi game. Oh. So we'll start We'll start with the Writers Guild and then we'll <laughs> yeah, 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 get into it. So, so yeah, the Writers Guild emailed out to their strike captains uh, that late Sunday night uh, that the uh, negotiating committee were then informed. And then they informed all other members that they say, quote, we have reached a tentative agreement on a new 2023 MBA which is to say an agreement in principle on all deals on all deal points subject to drafting final contract language. 
So then the later message stated, quote, we can say with great pride that this deal is exceptional with meaningful gains and protections for riders in every sector of the membership. Now, the thing that w- the problem is details aren't available yet. You know, I mean, it's still early. This was um, we're recording on Monday. Sunday is when they agree to the terms. Um, I want to hear what because I know like, AI, AI was a big yeah. thing. I'm curious if they finally said shit fine. Right. Because that's the thing is I, I for them to say it's exceptional. I feel like it has to be included. Yeah. That was one of their hard line things was the AI. So I would assume that it's got to be mentioned in there. And if it's not, I can't imagine that the actual guild members themselves will be thrilled about it. Right. You know what I mean? Because that was a very big problem for the actual writers themselves. Hot take. <laughs> it was a hot button topic. Uh, let's see here. In its message to members, the union's negotiating committee asked for patience on disclosing the fine print of the deal, saying what remains now is for our staff to make sure everything we have agreed to is codified in final contract language. And though we are eager to share the details of what has been achieved with you, we cannot do that until the last I is dotted and the last T is crossed, the email stated. So obviously the deal has to go to the union's negotiating committee to vote. And then once that uh, is approved, it's ratified and they have a new three-year contract. Um, And I wonder... I don't know what that means for SAG. Like, is it good, bad? I think it's good that, obviously, it seems like the studios are willing to actually really talk. You know what I mean? And right. just, oh, fuck, we got to make something. Because, um, I mean, writing only gets you so far. You've still got to be able to make that's the thing. That's only half the battle. Yeah. That, that's, that doesn't get them into next year. I think that's what they're worried about. Is now we're getting into fall. They don't have anything for next year if they don't start mm-hmm. moving, you know? No. That's why they delayed a lot of their fall productions was because we need to have something to release in the spring, uh, you know, and now they're going to have to finish writing, filming, producing, whatever it was they were working on when the strikes hit and to get it put out mm-hmm. for next year. Otherwise, they're going to have two fiscal years in a row that aren't great for them. So hopefully this is a good sign for all involved yep. and uh, won't have to do this shit again. Mm-mm. You know, that was a long time for those people to be out of work. 146 days. Too long. Yep. Now, I did want to mention... Uh, just a quick little tease for next week. I do think next week we're going to go see the creator, uh, the one with John David Washington. Mm-hmm. Early viewers saying that it's the best movie of 2023. You think? Yeah. Well, that's what they're saying. And they're saying that it's one of the best sci-fi action films ever. Whoa. They're saying like it's up there with Alien. Whoa. Up there with Terminator 2. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Those are pretty big names. Yeah. Terminator 2 is one of my favorite action movies ever. So for them to go, it's up there. <laughs> I'm excited to go see it. We'll be the judge of that. Yeah. 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 We'll fucking tell you. If I don't come out of there going, whoa. Ball. Yeah. Yeah, It's a bomb. I'll find whoever tweeted that. Yeah. And we'll actually just belittle them. We'll cancel them. (laughs) We'll dig up some old tweets. Yeah. We'll deep fake them saying something racist. (laughs) (laughs) Like the Gary Busey buttered sausage thing. What? Did you get that sound on TikTok of the Gary Busey going, it's butter sausage. I don't know. What is it? What is it doing? I don't like it. No. No? Oh, yeah, that was big on TikTok for a hot second, as everything is. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was just, and there was like a video of him doing it. And it looked like a, a, a Zoom interview or whatever. And then come to find out it was just a deep fake that somebody did of somebody doing a pretty good impression of him. And it was kind of a good example of like how effective deep fake can be because everybody was like, and no, that was Gary Busey saying that, right? No, actually it wasn't. I mean, I thought it was until I looked into it and saw a clip of the guy making the deep fake. Sausage what? He was saying buttered sausage. And it's that thing of like, what the fuck are you even talking about, Gary Busey? <laughs> you know, but because it's Gary Busey, you're like, 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, it checks Hello. out. Hello, plant. <laughs> it checks Hello, out. Hello, pants. <laughs> it checks out. Gary Busey is saying some wild ass shit all the time. Yeah. You know, traumatic head injury in the 90s will do that to you. Yeah, it was a buttered sausage. What is it doing? Why is it doing what it's doing? Get it out of my face. I don't like it. You're like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? Uh, we did get a trailer for a new Nick Cage A24 comedy of sorts. Ish. It's being, it's being, apparently it is comedic. Yeah. Uh, but the the premise is pretty interesting. He <clears throat> plays a, looks like a college professor, mm-hmm. um, relative everyman, you know, who for some reason, uh, the, just a lot of people in the world uh, that are strangers to him, uh, he is in their dreams. Yeah. Um, playing a pivotal role or just being there. And it, he becomes a viral sensation of like, what a strange phenomenon, right? And, you know, it seems supernatural in some fashion or yeah. obviously just a strange coincidence. coincidence. Yeah, what are the odds of it? You know, he's got people coming up to him and it does kind of the trailer leans into like the idea of sudden fame and how it can be good and bad. And then also the implications of what is he doing to these people in his dreams or in their dreams, you yeah. know? Where, like, for some of the people, it looked like it was a nightmare, you know, and he was, like, a killer mm-hmm. in their dreams. And other people, like I said, he's just passively yeah, he's there. He's just there. Um, and so it is a strange thing of, like, what if the person in your nightmares is just your is in front of you, you know? And it's a strange thing of, like... Yeah, being uncomfortable like that. Yeah. And it looked like maybe there was a support group yeah. towards the end there of, like... I mean, what kind of shit is he doing in, his, in their dreams, you know? And, yeah, and it's a strange thing of, like, this this poor guy. And it seems like maybe he's going to get sucked into the whirlwind of attention and fame, mm-hmm. where it seems like he's definitely into it for a minute. Yeah. Uh, but then, obviously, it's all going to come crashing down. You think he's going to kill himself? <sighs> Jesus. I don't know. Like, what happens if he dies? Do people stop dreaming about him? I don't know, but I did like the Freddy, uh, I almost said Freddy Mercury, the <laughs> Freddy Krueger reference with the glove. Mm-hmm. And there was just a random uh, Michael Sarah in there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, was like, I, I was wish like, you, I wish I was the one being dreamt. Yeah. And he's like, well, yeah, I mean, it's, got, it's got its perks, I guess. Uh, but it did show up at the uh, uh, Toronto Film Festival. That's where they showed it. And uh, yeah, it seems like a lot of people really liked Nick Cage in it. I'm um, talking about him being a really good comedic. Uh, role as well as just in general his acting being like yeah. fuck you always forget this guy kind of because you his personality I think gets in his way sometimes it's so goofy. In, in your head of like when you think Nick Cage you don't automatically think he's a capable actor you mm-hmm. think what a weird nutball that guy is you know the bees, the bees. <laughs> right yeah you ever been drug out into the street and beaten until you piss blood <laughs> you're like oh my god my god but uh, yeah so I'm kind of excited for that uh, I can't think of what was it Mandy was that the horror film that he did a few years back I don't know. I think it was for A24, maybe. Um, or, or another smaller you know, studio like that. But yeah, I, I haven't watched Mandy, but apparently that's another one that's like, fuck, he did really good in that. And then he did the movie Pig that like everybody was mad uh, a year or two ago that like it didn't even get mentioned at the Oscars. And apparently it was like a snub for a lot of people. Hmm. So yeah, he's been doing a lot of sleeper hits now. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, a lot of like low budget movies, which makes me wonder if he's doing better monetarily. Because he did go through a big bout of, like, I'll do anything. Yeah. Because he is filing for bankruptcy, mm-hmm. broke, you know? Nah, he's finally like, well, I just want... He's, no, he's can doing do it for the craft. Yeah, he can do them for him again. So that'd be cool. Uh, just to see him keep doing different stuff. Yeah. I think they did a really good job of making him just look like a dude. Yeah, he's, just, he's balding. He's got the... Yeah, he's got the, the balding, the the horseshoe, and he's got the grayed beard. Mm-hmm. He's just wearing, like, a fucking cable knit sweater and a, yeah. a parka. Yeah. You know, and he just looks like a dude, you yeah. know? Uh, but yeah, I thought it looked pretty good. 
Uh, Robert Kirkman uh, did talk about Invincible and the, the little like stinger quote is that he thinks that seven to eight seasons might be a, might be enough to adapt the entire comic. Which is fair, because it is a very large comic. Is Have it? you seen the full compendium? Mm-mm. It's like that. I mean, it's a fat stack. Jeez. It's probably like yeah, an eight-inch thick book. Oh my God. And, and it's, I mean, it's a long-ass comic. It's, it ran longer than The Walking Dead did. Oh, wow. And, uh, but it's, so that is nice. It's got a, a like, it's, it's finite. It's got a definite ending. So mm-hmm. they can go ahead and plan. You figure The Walking Dead comic ended while the show was running. Right versus Invincible is already done. You know where it's going. Right. You know? And so you can deviate a little bit while you're making it, you know, adapt it better to a visual medium like that. But all in all, you know the beginning, middle, and end. Mm-hmm. And so you can blueprint out a, here's an eight-season arc of, there we go, we've, yeah. there's the whole So the pacing's going to be good on Yeah, it, you can you figure know. it out. And so, and then again, with Robert Kirkman being pretty heavily involved in the um, creation of it, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, it's not like a, it doesn't get diluted a bunch. It's not some bastardization of it. You've got the guy that made it going. Right. Yeah, that's good. You know, and he's working with people that he likes and trusts. Figure Stephen Yun mm-hmm. is is uh, invincible. Mark. Yep. <laughs> think, Mark. Think. Uh, yeah. So I thought that was pretty intense. That he was like, yeah, it might be enough. Uh, I mean, Prime's already greenlit it for two and three, but. You know, if two and three does well, and it seems like there's a lot of demand for it, you know, waiting, please, please, People you know, yeah. please, you figure we get the first half uh, on November 3rd of season two. It's almost there. I know. And then the second half comes out in like February. Mm-hmm. So not that long of a gap, uh, all things considered. But, uh, but yeah, I just thought that was a pretty interesting that like, I could see that yeah, doing seven to eight mm-hmm. and the implication of him having thought that far ahead made me go, oh, I like that. Cause like I he's said, got a plan. Yeah. There's a plan there of here's how we could lay it out and it'll all, all be all right. Uh, old fucking Cameron Monaghan was at a, uh, a Comic-Con in Ocala uh, <laughs> on September 16th. This is from IGN. And there's a video captured of him talking about um, working on a part three for Jedi. And so it feels like a thing that he probably wasn't supposed to oh. talk about. You know what I mean? I mean, he doesn't really spoil anything other than to say that, yeah, we're working on a third one. Mm-hmm. And the way he said, like, I'll read the quote here, and then we can talk about it. He says, we're working on the third. Uh, we're in the process of doing it right now. That's a big undertaking, and there have been some conversations so far. Hopefully, when all things are said and done, we'll be able to go in and make something really cool for you guys again. So it sounds like they're in the really early stages yeah. of, like, talking about what a third would be, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think he's probably all right, because it's like, oh, well, yeah, yeah. you know, because nothing might come of it, you know? Mm. They might get to a point where they go, I just don't know if we can make yeah. this work, you know? It's <clears throat> just not turning into what we wanted to, right. especially with the departure of the director of the first two. Um, you know, they might just go, we've lost all hope, <laughs> you know? The bells, <laughs> the bells are holding for thee. Well, I'm curious if they do it with Cal, if it's pre or post Thrawn. Well, it's going to have to be post pre you think yeah cal hasn't even reached the original trilogy yet yeah i keep getting their timelines mixed up yeah he's about 10 years before mm-hmm. uh a new hope you think he's gonna help maybe i would like to see a, a an old cal yeah, make an appearance think, in Thrawn. that's the strange thing for me is they've got a real opportunity with a tv actor and a movie actor playing your main role in a video game mm-hmm. that, is canon, that is canon that is canon to, yeah, exactly. Use him as a live action like, yeah, Cal. But then because they keep focusing on the period after the original trilogy, timing wise, you wouldn't be able to, you would have to like old age him, you know, which seems like a f- silly. Meh. 
I mean, he, he would have to be 20 years older than he is now. Well, he's in his 20s now. He could be 40. Sure, but you'd have to make Cameron Monaghan. Cameron Monaghan looks young for his age. Exactly. So, so you'd have to make him look old. Not that old. If he looks young, you can still have him look a little younger. He looks good for his 40s, right? He's kind of hmm. cow, you know. He's well, then you figure you got Obi-Wan where it's like, in 10 years' time, he goes from Ewan McGregor to just an old-ass man. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're like, God damn, that son really played a, you know, at its cost, you know. But so, like, I think it's doable. I think it'd be better to just do it before the original trilogy rather than have to stretch to put mm-hmm. him in the... So where where would you put him then? Like, what show would you put him in? I mean, you could just have him show up in his own shit or... Because, um, I mean, something's got to... They're getting into the issue of butting up against stuff that already exists and then going, why weren't these people involved to begin with? You know what I mean? Like, Ahsoka never shows up in the original trilogy, but she's in Rebels. Yeah. Which takes place around the same time. You know what I mean? And so that's already a thing of like, Ahsoka didn't get in. She actually fought Darth Vader yeah. in Rebels, but doesn't help take down the Empire at all. In in the original trilogy, at least. You know what I mean? And it's because, well, she didn't exist as a character, right? Right. But then you have to go back and put her in. You know, and so I think the more characters you add to that, the more it's like, all right, first of all, how many Jedis made it out of fucking Order 66? <laughs> well, that's why I think, like... <clears throat> If they somehow, with Cal, he doesn't necessarily, he's not in a spot where it's like, well, that would be weird if he just now met Ahsoka, because, you know, why didn't she help him in here or there? Because, I mean, his story has kind of been just his thing. Well, I don't know. I mean, his story has been, I'm going to try and rebuild the Jedi Order or find Jedi and help with the path and things like that. So it seems like he's going to be more integral to... Find her. Right. But... Make him a little older. Right, but I'm saying for that to not have happened earlier is silly. Yeah, but you, you know could what I mean. Use stuff like <clears throat> obviously it looks like Ahsoka's had her hands full, right? From everything from Rebels to Ahsoka, because it doesn't seem like there's that long of a, a jump from when she's fighting Thrawn, <clears throat> and then all that happens, then a year goes by, and then she's back at it with Sabine and yeah. trying yeah, to find Ezra. The Ahsoka series takes place after Mandalorian, right? Yes. Yeah, which is already five years after. The original trilogy. Forty-five. Yeah. Throw a couple gray hairs on there. <laughs> I mean, what's that gonna hurt? Yeah. I don't know. I just I'm, think you could probably just come up with instead of forcing him into the that you could just come up with. Something. I guess my thing is like it would be cool to be able to have like a video game character appear in the movies that's canon, right? With characters that were animated that are now live action. Yeah. Like all coming in one, and then from there. Being yeah. able to do whatever. But I don't think you have to... I don't think... I think fan service should take a back seat. You know what I mean? I don't think going, yeah, but isn't that kind of cool? Doesn't make a movie. You know what I mean? Sure. Doesn't Seer mention Thrawn? I don't remember him coming up. I thought Seer mentioned Thrawn. I don't know. Find out. Is Thrawn mentioned in the Jedi? No. No. Well, I mean, that's fine, I guess. <laughs> I guess it just doesn't have to be cool. It can just be a thing, I guess. Well, it can still be cool without being like, and we brought together all the characters, and guess what we did? We marvelized Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> because Marvel hasn't had a downturn after its actual climax. Mm-mm. Well, that's the thing. They don't have to like continuously do that. They can just do it there, that one, and then they can all branch off. That's the beauty of it. Sure, but then you got to tell Disney to go, hey, yeah, you know how that thing made money? Just don't do that again. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It can sound good, but then you got to talk money. And they're going to go, hey, you remember when we did all that and they all came together and we fucking just made our nut? But it's not going to happen again. Right. They don't know that. They're going to that. Hollywood doesn't learn that lesson, Chris. They learn the lesson of, it worked. Let's fucking do it again. Run it. On the darkness of Halloween. <laughs> but, you know, I wish they would, you know? That's also why That'd the... Be too easy. That's why the mid-budget shit went away, you know? Because the cost versus... They they figured out there's an algorithm of... we can There's an equation. We can throw X number of dollars at something, and it's gonna make money back, you know? But with that $40 million thing, they just can't, you know... You don't want to spend too... You don't want to spend more than that on marketing. And so, yeah, it's a hard... Did you know... I don't know why this whatever you said made me think of it because mm-hmm. I watched it the other day. The Master of Disguise uh-huh. has a one percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> that does not surprise me. <laughs> and I'm like rewatching it. I'm just sitting there. I'm just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. There's yeah. T- there are times. What's the guy's name? He's from SNL. Dana Carvey. Dana Carvey. Yeah. Like I'm just watching this thing and like this guy is doing this, thinking like he's watching this film back and going, this is it. I don't think he was, you know, I think it's a case of, I'm sure there are movies that you go, how, you know, you watch that back and go, well, they paid me. You know what I mean? He can't watch that and go, yeah, this is my magnum opus right here. This is. You don't think during that time, like in that era, that he was watching that going, this is fucking funny. I don't think he could have. Well, I mean, on the other end, it is a kid's movie. Like it was, it was, it was made to be a yeah. kids movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so maybe the his maybe his goalpost was my kids really liked it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But now we're in an Dude, age of he did blackface in that movie. Oh, hard, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yep. Become another person. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then he is a turtle. Yeah. He's a man turtle. Am I not turtle enough? Turtle enough for the turtle, turtle club? club? Like, oh man, he becomes the guy from Jaws. The <laughs> yeah, fucking the captain. Yeah, uh, yeah, yep, yeah, sure does. It's Al Pacino at one point, isn't he? Is he <laughs> Scarface? Yeah, because he's in there. He's, you got a tiny winners or some yeah. little winners and some tininess. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, man. I don't know. Fucking uh, should be wild in the two thousands. You know, it was goofy back then. Yeah. <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about this fucking movie, huh? Yeah. I think it'll probably be a quick brief discussion. Yeah, because it's it does do a very like car sex. Hmm. Quick. Quick. Yeah, that's just sex, baby. <laughs> I had to be. I mean, come on. I just start fucking digging. Mr. A, digging Minute Man digging a hole like fucking uh, Ben Shapiro. You know, it's not supposed to be wet. Like it's not supposed. What a loser. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like it's not supposed to last that long, right? Right? <laughs> right, guys. Come on. You know, my wife, the doctor. Yep. Is the vagina supposed to get wet? And she's just in pain. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> yeah. What she's a loser. Buying stock in Astroglide. Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah. So no one will save you. Yep. Was on Hulu. Uh, it did a very interesting thing. I felt of being not a silent film, but a like Castaway. Uh, no, I think less than Castaway. Probably. I mean, in Castaway, he speaks to Wilson, Wilson. at least. And this, she just doesn't speak. I mean, she she'll talk to herself sometimes. She's like, she come like, on, yeah, yeah. But I mean, even that is far and few between. Um, it was a mostly dialogueless film. Um, in fact, I would say there is no dialogue because even the scenes when she speaks, 
when she there's a scene where she's dancing and she's got mm-hmm. the music on and she's singing along. I think that's like the longest. Sure. Yeah. Like diet, like you know, lines she's got. Yeah, is singing a song with lyrics. Yeah. So, uh, why don't I kind of just want to spoil it? Yeah. Let's just I mean, it's right free in. on yeah. on Hulu. It's a short movie. It's not that. It's long. ninety minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, and it's hard to talk about because I mean it starts immediately. Just yeah. about. Uh, I guess we got to rate it. Well. How do we rate stuff? Well, you can always be overwhelmed, which means you thoroughly enjoyed the film and surpassed your expectations. You can be underwhelmed, which means you thought it was a big fat stinker, and, you know, didn't meet your expectations. Or you can be right in the middle and be simply, simply whelmed. whelmed. On three? Yeah. One, two, three. Simply, simply whelmed. whelmed. Yeah. I, I'm in, in between simply whelmed and underwhelmed. I think I had... Uh Different expectation of what kind of movie it was going to be. Yeah. Um, which, I don't know that that's the movie's fault as so much as the marketing. You There's know what just, I mean? Yeah. There are just times I didn't, I didn't get it. Yeah. Like, it just didn't make sense. Some of the logic that was used behind either some of the characters mm-hmm. or just like some of the motives. We'll dive into that. I know, we're in non-spoilers. We're in spoilers, baby. Yeah, that's true. What's the movie about? Uh, so it's about this lady... Yeah, Bryn. Uh, Bryn. Lady of the night named Bryn. She's not a lady of the night. <laughs> she's not. So she's working her corner. Nope. <laughs> no. She's hanging around the local truck stop. <laughs> Just a lot lizard. <laughs> hey, big fella. <laughs> Just, Just you're uh, the kind of woman that you're like, my God, is she 80 or 30? Oh. You know? <laughs> No, but um, <laughs> her ID says thirty. Her wrinkles say eighty. <laughs> she just got a pack of Newports stuffed in her bra and crack pipe in her fucking back pocket. <laughs> no, how much for so, a windy Wendy? <laughs> hey, where's my root beer? <laughs> no, so Bryn lives in the countryside and starts off, and she's practicing talking or waving to people in the mirror yeah it seems like she's hyping herself up for social interaction yeah and she's got some pretty big anxiety about it and she finally leaves and she uh passes people mm-hmm. like she waves and they all like mutter yeah they kind of like give her fucking mean mugger yeah oh there's this bitch and you're like oh, oh man shit and then she goes she up, and sees her mom yeah her mom's grave her mom's grave and then as she's leaving she sees people and wave and they're all oh, shh, 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 shh. Look at who it is. Look at who it is. Yeah. And then, well, she just goes right back home after that. Yeah, it was like she went and shipped something at the post office. Yeah. Uh, and then picked up a package and then came back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, as she's lying down and stuff. Yeah, she's just chilling by the fucking... The, there's an <clears throat> alien invasion. Yeah, just like... Just right off rip. Yeah. And uh, she... Kind of. There is... A, a singular a scout, yeah, I would say it's probably yeah. it a scout party, and he's uh, you know, popping in, checking in. Yeah, he's like in the fucking dining room, like yeah. playing with her little bobbles and stuff. <laughs> you know, you can hear him ringing the bell on something. Uh, yeah, because she's got like one of those she Christmas like, miniatures, yeah, yeah. Like a little Christmas village or whatever. So she comes out, she's like, "Oh fuck!" Yeah, because <laughs> she hears it in her trash. Yeah, and she's like yawning, like yeah, she's, she's being thinking, like a, she's thinking like a raccoon knocked mm-hmm. over her trash, and she's like, "Motherfucker," you know. Putting a robe on and shit. And then she, uh, yeah, as soon as she walks, starts walking down the stairs. She sees the front doors open. Yeah, and she goes, oh. She's like, oh, that's not right. And then she hears footsteps, so she freezes, you know. And then you hear just this the, weird, like, 
You're like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> that the, ain't no raccoon. That's not a raccoon, and it's not a person. If it's a person, they ain't well. Mm-mm. So she. Uh, the sound design on the creatures was pretty good. Pretty I liked cool. the warbles. It was pretty cool. Um, so she starts to walk back up the steps and then creaks. Yeah, creaky and forward old house. Like you know, and, the, yeah. and then like you can hear like he's fidgeting with like silverware or something. Yeah, and the silverware like, just stops. Or he's like, what the "Fuck is that?" And then you just hear his footsteps. That broke me the fuck out. And she jumps up and over her or no. Well, she originally goes in there to. Yeah, she slams the bedroom. She doesn't slam it. So, yeah, he doesn't know which door Where it is, so he's at, trying yeah. to listen. And she's pulling out, like, luggage from the bed, and to it looked like they there. had a... A loom. Or, yeah. You know, like, for, for crocheting. Yeah. And uh, that fell and clattered, and she was like, oh, fuck. And, and you, you just hear... hear boom, 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 boom. So she and quickly so, hops over the bed and is mm-hmm. hiding there. Uh, and then she just slowly starts to shimmy in there while he's, like, on top of the bed, and you know... Yeah. You're calling out to his fellow aliens. And he just slithers out the window. And yeah, he up just onto flies the... out. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it seemed like, like he levitating. floated out. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and they've got telekinesis as well. Yeah. And maybe some EMP type ability. I wonder if that's from the ships. I think those are from the ships. Because her power keeps surging at first and then just is out. Mm-hmm. While she's sleeping, you like hear all the lights come on and music coming on music. downstairs. And then it all shuts off again. And yeah, but so she... Uh, Comes out from under her bed and it's like, what the fuck is he gone? Uh, goes downstairs and is checking shit out, like locks the door and all mm-hmm. that. Fucking, does it come in? Young blood comes back in. Oh, it comes in upstairs. Comes back in through the window because she sees him up the on the banister. Because then she goes into the kitchen and is going to call 911. And as she's on the phone getting ready to call 911, the power surges again. Yeah. And you hear a bunch of feedback and then yeah. the line goes dead. Yep. And she fucking ends she, up hiding between the fridge and the counter. Mm-hmm. And then the line, you hear the dial tone. Yep. Beep, 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 beep. And the fucking alien walks over and, like, hangs the yeah, phone up. picks up, looks at it, hangs it up for her. I did like that about the aliens in this. But they're not dumb. Right, yeah, because, I mean, they kind of use that in, like, signs a little bit mm-hmm. of, like... They know nothing. Right, be, they're so advanced that they don't know how our primitive technology works, mm-hmm. you know? But, like, if they've been watching us or yeah. just using context clues mm-hmm. you know that these aliens are kind of more capable uh they still seem i don't know there's like a, a certain point like where they use like, the doorknobs yeah that was creepy to me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just, in fact they use yeah they're two fingers too long and fingers. So they've long. got like very long pointer and middle mm-hmm. finger but and they can bend them like both both directions yeah yeah and so he just grabs it with two fingers and but um yeah i feel like sometimes in like alien movies they'll Make them so smart they don't seem sentient anymore, yeah. if that makes any yeah, sense. Where yeah, it's like, like the emotions go. Yeah, they're just not there. But like in this, like, yeah. More like an up. animal. Yeah. Picks it up and just puts it back on. Hangs the line up. And then I think she makes a noise or something. Bumps into something or, or something. Either way, he, he yeah. knows she's there. No. <clears throat> she's looking at him. In the reflection. In the reflection. He and he sees her. In the reflection, yeah. And uses his telekinesis to open up the fridge swing door, the fridge door and close her in. Her there, yeah, in that little cubby. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of creepy when you see his toes these mm-hmm. under the under the fridge door. And then you see his long ass fingers come mm-hmm. up over the top, and him just slowly Start stand to... up over the top. And she just <laughs> kicks the fridge into his gut. Yeah, he <laughs> he takes that hit. Yeah, he stumbles back, and she's bolting. Mm-hmm. And he fucking uses his telekinesis to rip the front door off and, and just bash her in the her. fucking head. And uh, <laughs> boom. Yeah, bats her. 
So she's down. She's fucking trying to roll around, and get make sure she's not Dead. dying. Yeah. Uh, and it did seem like he hurt her foot with the door. Yeah. Or had she stepped on something? I think she got glass in her foot. Yeah, she did. Because later in that scene, she you, you can see her, see her take it out, pulling it out. Yeah, but so she's having a hard time getting on her feet. Plus, she's probably concussed. Yeah, knocked the fuck out, <laughs> just barely conscious. So back the fuck up before you can smack back the, the fuck, fuck up. up. Uh, but so she crawls over and grabs the steeple mm-hmm. of like maybe the schoolhouse. Yeah, uh, off of one of her miniatures, and is like. Well, kind of. She's running over there to grab something, and, and he, he starts dragging her back. Telekinesis and flips the table. Yeah, and starts dragging her away with telekinesis, mm-hmm. and she's just scrambling and grabs that, and he fucking picks her up in the air with his telekinesis, spins her around, and she just fucking shanks yeah. him in the th- side of the with head. With the momentum yeah. from the spin. <laughs> and he's just kind of standing there for a little bit, and then eventually he drops her, mm-hmm. and then he just kind of slumps into her. She's like, oh, get this thing off me. Drops him. And yeah, we were like, oh, God damn, I didn't expect her to just kill, kill one. Yeah. Because um, I kind of thought it was going to be a cat and mouse, him in the house all night. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Trying to yeah. get her. Um, that would have been a very classic. Yeah. Um, but so she, yeah, because then like day comes. Yeah. And she's like, all right. Well, I got to fucking go to town or something to go to the police station. Yeah. And so she goes, gets in her car, dead. And she goes inside and gets all dolled up. That was kind of strange to me. I do think her behavior makes more sense when you realize that she is not stable. Yeah. They do kind of unveil that, I think. And then looking back on it, I do think some of her behavior in general makes more sense when you go, I think she might be a sociopath. You think? Or at least is just not mentally well. Are any of us? You know, because I mean, like the practicing social interaction. You know what I mean? All right. Here's how how I'm going to be pleasant. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then like. I'm going to get all dolled up and go into town. You're like, bitch, there's a dead alien in your entryway. I could also understand, like, if you're going to report something like that and you're looking the way you do, like, with a serious head trauma or something, then, like, you probably just fell and bumped your head making shit up. Well, I think it's, it makes more sense to show up disheveled. She's a whack-ass hoe. Like, there's no other way to <laughs> no, put so it. She goes to town, fucking goes to the police department, and uh, as she's walking into town, seems like... The houses out in the country mm-hmm. all have also been attacked, maybe, in some fashion. In some way or form. Where you can see the um, marks in the yards, mm-hmm. where it's like that kind of... Scorched lines. Yeah. Um, and, like, she finds the mail truck turned over. Oh, yeah. And the mailman is just gone. Um, so she goes to town, goes to the police department. The police chief is there, shares the last name with her deceased friend that she's been writing letters to. Yes. So you're like, oh, that must be her father. Um and you don't really know what's going on there, but she talks about feeling guilt for her friend. Mm-hmm. Talking chief's wife, mom of the friend, yeah. just spits in her face. She kind of stands there, you know, guffawed by it. And, uh, like, all the cops in the fucking police department basically go, look down, like, oh, no, didn't see anything. Mm-mm. And so she very quickly gets the vibe of, like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to get anywhere Mm-mm. here. Uh, and so she leaves and is like, I'm, you know what, I'm just going to leave town. Goes, fucking gets on a bus, and she's full, like... Marvel incognito with sunglasses and a hat. And uh, it's like, all right, you know. And you quickly see that the mailman is like a few rows behind her on the bus. And he gets up, comes over to her, and grabs her. Well, he starts breathing behind her. Yeah, it's like, all right, I'm going to move. Yeah. <laughs> gets up to move seats, and he grabs her shoulder and whips her around. And you can see that he's got something in his throat. It looks like a beetle of sorts. Uh, yeah, kind of wriggling under the mm. skin. You can see like little phalanges on it. Ooh. 
and it's making a noise at him. So, oh, that's not good. Kicks him in the gut, and he starts crawling over the tops of the seats yeah. uh, coming at her. That was scary looking. Yeah. And the fucking bus driver looks up, sees it, and is like, what the fuck? Pumps the brakes, guy falls, and then just starts crawling back, on, like, backwards, like on like his grudge. Yeah, on his hands and feet, arcing his back up. Mm-hmm. Arching that, thing. arching that thing in the wrong direction mm. and it's just coming at her and so she quickly gets off the bus and bolts and he's just kind of like walk following her you mm. know run. Uh, yeah so she goes home and is like you know what uh, I am going to just batten down the hatches bunker down yeah so she Sub does one here yeah, yeah, right. I'll do it again. I'll fucking do it again. <laughs> so basically, yeah, she she preps. Um, you know, puts uh, like several pots of water on to boil. Mm-hmm. Um, gets a fucking uh, what do you call that? A box cutter. Mm-hmm. And is that it? Um, I feel like no. she prepped something else. I mean, she she did literally shutter all the windows. She grabbed a lighter. A yeah, knife. she had the lighter. That was the other thing. Um, and I think she uses them all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so she goes. And it's just kind of closing all the doors and windows, right? The the aliens show up, quickly fuck up her plan. Hard. And just start blowing the doors and windows open. She's like, fuck. Goes into the basement, the cellar, and uh, one comes in through the cellar door. So she grabs shears and, uh, like, fabric shears. Mm-hmm. And uh, it fucking just takes the shears out of her hand. And doesn't really, like, attack her. Kind of, like, just lets her walk away. Yeah, well, it takes the scissors. And, and then, then she holds on to a photo of her and Maude, which uh-huh. is her friend. And it takes the photo and then and it, it kind, like, of kind of studies checking it. it out. Yeah. And uh, so she runs up the stairs real quick. Thinks she's safe. Psych. There's a short guy up there with big, like, he's got ape portions. You know, he's got long arms. Yeah. And big old hands on him. Claws. And he's over there kind of flagging the mothership. Yeah. Well, and so he comes crawling into the kitchen after her, chasing her. Mm-hmm. And uh, she he, unfortunately, gets the four pots of boiling water yeah. in his face. And he's not he's not thrilled about it. Uh, ends up chasing her into a bathroom where she's pushing him away with a broom or a mop. And he snaps the mop off. And she just stabs him through the shoulder with it. Pins and him to the fucking cupboard. And slams the closet door on his head, gang Breaking his style. neck. Yeah, he's kind of hanging there with his head into the open cabinet. And she just slams the cabinet door real hard. And you hear him like... He's just hanging there dead. And I was like, God damn. We all did. And you, Morgan, and I all were like, boom. Cold-blooded. That was gangland style. Goes outside. She's like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. And uh, sure as shit, there's a giant one out there mm-hmm. with the mailman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's going to abduct her. Like, that was the plan was mailman grabs her by the hair and is dragging her into, like, the zone for this thing to pick her up. And uh, she get, she, I forget. How did it demonstrate that that thing has, like, a push to it she when she had was throwing the boiling water oh yeah she had the empty pot in her hand and was going to use it as a weapon and the empty pot was in the beam and it, and it got crushed against the door crushed it to the wall yeah and so you're like oh, okay so you don't want to be in that beam Mm-mm. unless you're all the way in unless it. you're in it yeah and then it'll just freeze you in place mm-hmm. and that's how it picks you up <laughs> so she kicks the fucking mailman into the beam yeah, like halfway. She, she, he picks her up by pulling her hair, and she like scratches into down his, his arm, yeah. arm, drawing blood, and he lets go, and he turns around, and he she, she kicks, kicks him in him, the chest, and he falls backwards, and that beam comes in and just crushes his spine. Yeah, basically snaps him in half, but uh, internally, not. Yeah, yeah, he's not yeah. separated, just bends him back in the wrong way, so he gets sucked up and dropped. When they're like, "Yeah, that's not what we were after," uh, and then the big daddy chases her. 
Uh, that was scary. Yeah, because it's large. Huge. It's got very long limbs, tall, uh, heavy. Mm-hmm. It was stomping, you know. <laughs> it was able to crawl up over the roof of the house. With, without ease. With ease. Or with ease. Uh, and ends up charging her, and she goes like th- in one car door and out the passenger mm-hmm. side, or vice versa, uh, to kind of slow it down. And it gets itself all tangled up in the car trying to follow her. Car. And as it's stomping around, its foot goes through the bottom of the car, and you can mm-hmm. see gas leaking. So she's like grabs that lighter and is like, yeah. tick, 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 and finally gets it to go up, and that fucking car blows up, you know. And uh, alien is fucked; it's mm-hmm. dead in there, all charred and beaten. She's like, <laughs> it's getting too easy, you know. <laughs> And finally, the the last one kind of grabs her and uh, chases her around the house a little bit, and she gets locked in like the beam. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the red beam the that red went through the window, and they fucking threw like <laughs> up on the roof, like slam around the yeah, roof. Yeah, they're kind of toying with her. Which, like we said, she's pissed. They're pissed at her. She's fucking yeah, she, three for three. Yeah, man, she's fucking four if you count the mailman. <laughs> yeah, and, she's uh, fucking them up. So yeah, they they toying with her and uh, figure out that very quickly that this is the one that's going to put the thing in her throat. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so he spits up this weird little ball. Yeah, it's like a hairball. Looks like a hairball, yeah. And then it just mm-hmm. grows all the phalanges, and you see that it's the sentient mm-hmm. little thing. Um, it almost seemed like a parasite that they're using. You know what I mean? It didn't seem like it's part of their race. I don't know, because, like, they don't use it for anything, but they hold it in their body. In their throat, yeah. But it's like they, they have the ability just to... Yeah, cough take, one up and put it in out. And so it does go into her mouth mm-hmm. and uh, it kind of starts showing her a nice little dream world where her friend Maude is alive and it's all nice and sweet there. And uh, she's talking to Maude a little bit and they kind of clouded Maude away. Yeah, you face. can't see her. And she tells Maude, I'm sorry. And then she's like, no, like, I'm sorry, Maude. And she reaches into her mouth and because she's grabbing the thing mm-hmm. and pulling it out because uh, she had enough awareness to get, you know, this isn't real. So she pulls that out and spits it out and. It's like, poof, grabs it and crushes it in her hand. Uh, and then goes stumbling off into the wood. Oh, no, she doesn't crush it. Well, she starts to, and it falls down and is running away. And then it gets caught in the beam. Oh. And then they, you like, just create a her, mm-hmm. a Bryn, and around that thing. But something I did want to mention from that was um, when she did come, come to, she was dirty so, as fuck. Dirty as fuck. And not where she was. was. Yeah. She was like out in the, like way out in the yard. Yeah. Way out in the front yard. Yeah. And she's like, I wonder what, what the fuck was it? How long was she out? Mm -hmm. You know, how far did she go? Right. And so that must be what it's like for everybody. Yeah. Right. That she's running into is that they're keeping your brain happy happy while they use the body to do what they want. And then she uh, goes running off through the woods is being pursued by her doppelganger that they made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, her doppelganger ganks her in the gut with, like, I don't know, a branch or something. something. And uh, she's all... <laughs> grabs a box knife, <laughs> slits Slice its throat. throat. And then kind of like... It, it, it is a, obviously a strange thing of, like... You're killing yourself. You're killing... You're, you're watching yourself die. So she kind of holds it in her arm and was, like, kind of blown away, crying a little bit watching it. Well, the doppelganger was crying, too. Yeah. Which, honestly, if I, if I was, like, me or it... I'd be curb stomping that bitch. I don't care, bro. I'm, I'm fucking it up. I'm him. I ball so hard they thought I was I a fucking, fucking nutsack. So she goes walking down the street, not well. I mean, she's, uh, 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 uh. and then uh, just a even bigger big daddy guy uh, just starts throwing up more gang signs, calling in a mothership. Yeah, and uh, you know, <laughs> I'm booger cheeseburger, big mad whopper. You know, <laughs> and it's just fucking boom, boom, sucks her ass up. And I thought they were gonna go to credits there. Yeah, I was like, 
That's it. <laughs> That's it. She didn't even fucking make it. But no, instead they're like, yeah, let's all fucking take a look in her head and uh, quickly find out. <laughs> the reason why everyone hates her in town is because uh, when she was a little girl and her friend was a little girl, 12 years old to be exact, they were in a little spat out at her house in the yard or in the woods around the house. Friend pushes her and she basically grabs a fucking rock, a mm. pretty decent sized rock in her hand and just stands up and beats her Molly friend in the head with her. it and kills her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, she killed her 12-year-old friend. Uh, <laughs> like, all right, listen, I get it. If yeah. the town, you know, the mom and dad hate you, sure. Right. Yeah. Whole fucking town? Well, I mean, the dad's police chief. I wonder how much pull he's got. And then I also wonder, with what we've seen about her, how much remorse did she show? Mm. You know what I mean? If she was like kind of a cold, weird little girl. That is known. She killed her friend and doesn't seem that right. Mm. You know what I mean? They might all just be like, yeah, fucking avoid that bitch. You know what I mean? Because some of them gave her an stink look, but then, like you said, some of them were just kind of like, yeah. Where they're like, oh, fuck, man, keeping on that bitch. She lives out on the outskirts of town, killed her friend at a young age, and just never has been right since. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah, okay. Uh, and then, yeah, so the, the, something that the aliens saw in her head when they were probing her, they all kind of like have a, blah, 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 blah. like they did have a conversation, like, but you, you don't know what the fuck shit? they're talking about. Uh, you can kind of infer and then they're like, blah, blah, blah. and they just send her back down and you're like, word. Okay. And then you quickly realize that, uh, she is the only person it seems that doesn't have a blah, blah, blah in her throat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's just living a happy little 1950s small town life mm-hmm. where everybody in town loves her. And it seems like she's got a, a boyfriend, a guy that is involuntarily hers. And they're kind of using her to live out her fantasy because she's not right. And uh, she gets to puppet everybody around and uh, the whole town is pacified. Yep. You know, they're all stuck as her d- Barbie dolls, essentially. Sure. And she just gets to dance around and wear a nice 1950s dress. And isn't everything grand, you know? And it pans up to the sky and there's just several... <laughs> ships in the sky hovering Just over in the distance and monitoring uh, where it's like, Oh, they, they won. They showed up and mind controlled us. And she's, like I said, she's keeping this little town under control. And I'm sure that, you know, as you go along, there's people like her in towns where they're like, Oh, this person's not right. I'd be one of them people. Yeah. <laughs> Good to hear that. Let's, uh, but I don't know. That's all I had to talk about for it. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty cut and dry. Yeah. I mean, uh, what, uh, do you have anything more? No, no, all right, yeah, it's all right. Yeah. Than, uh, than what you've been talking about, bud. What are you thinking about? I think what you meant to say is... Welcome back to Chris's Cryptid Corner. I'm your host, Chris. Also, uh, um, <clears throat> just kind of keeping on theme here, I just wanted to pull up some interesting early 1950s alien sightings. Um, so you might have heard some. The first one I wanted to pull up was from... Yeah, from Kenneth Arnold. Okay. And it was in 1947. It was traced back to civilian pilot Kenneth Arnold while flying his small aircraft near Washington's Mount Rainer on June 24th, 1947. Oh, uh, yeah, Mount Rainer, Washington. Yeah. Arnold claimed to have seen nine blue glowing objects flying fast in the estimated 1,700 miles per hour in a V formation. Uh, he first believed the objects to be sort of a new military aircraft. This was, after all, two years after World War II and the first year of the Cold War. But the military confirmed that there were no tests being conducted near Mount Rainer that day when Arnold described the craft's motion as similar to a saucer. If you skip it across water, the media coined the, the now Im- yeah. Yeah, uh, ambiguous phrase flying saucer. Yeah. Uh, soon, other reports of the groups of the nine UFOs uh, cropped up across the region, including sightings by the prospector on Mount Adams and the crew of the commercial flight in Idaho. 
The government never offered a credible explanation for the sightings. Uh, they simply claimed that Arnold has seen a mirage or was hallucinating, but <laughs> UFA mania... He's crazy. He's yeah. not him. No, he's, crazy. he's nuts, bro. But UFO mania had sent in, and just a few weeks later, the infamous Roswell sighting would... Uh, uh, would occur. Yeah. Um, and then, do you know the Lubach lights in 1951? 51? 51? 50 uh, on the evening of August 25th, 1951, three science professors from Texas Tech were enjoying an evening outdoors in Lubbock. Uh, when they looked up, they saw a semicircle of lights flying above them at high speed. Over the next few days, dozens of reports flooded in across town. Texas Tech freshman Carl Hart Jr. even snapped photos of the so-called Lubbock lights phenomenon. Uh, which were published in the newspapers across the county and in Life magazine. Oh, damn. Um, Project Blue Book, which led the Air Force inquiries in the UFO investigation, uh, the events and official conclusion that the lights were birds reflecting the luminescence on Lubach's new street lamps. (laughs) Many people who saw the lights, however, refused to accept this explanation, arguing that that the lights were flying too fast. You gotta have some balls to really be like, alright, yeah, it's the birds. Yeah, right. No way, man. And then just the last one I'll read here. Uh, where was it? Yeah, the Pendulum Wave. Have you heard that one? No. So it was in 1989 through the 1990. At the end of the November 1989, citizens of um, Belgium reported seeing a large triangular UFO hovering in the sky. But beyond the visual of sighting, uh, but beyond visual sightings, no evidence was found of any UFO's existence. A few months later, in March 1990, new sightings of multiple objects were reported confirmed by two military ground radar stations. Two F-16 fighter jets were sent out to investigate the anomalies, and though the pilots could not see anything visually, they were able to lock onto their targets with radar, but the UFOs moved so fast that the pilots ended up losing them. Damn. So they didn't see them, but they were like, something's there. Something's out there. Something's yeah. there. That's fucking nuts, man. Yeah. But aliens are real, man. Tall grays, short grays, normal grays. I did like that the in the movie that they had multiple different, different species types of, yeah. of alien. They did seem to all be similar in species. Uh, yeah, they all had like the same hands and stuff like that. Just yeah. Short. Which makes you wonder about like just genetic modification. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, they just plan with, well, these guys are going to be good for this and these guys are going to be good for that. Yeah. You know. Because there was some that had like a dark V in there, the crown of their head. Yeah. And they seemed, that was like the guy in the basement that yanked the scissors from her. He was a little more They're intelligent. They're more intelligent maybe. and they're more, I'm going to, how can I craft something that'll help her in her head mm-hmm. be cool? Yeah. Well, that's, all I, that's all I had. Did you have anything? Yeah, I've been thinking about. Uh, <laughs> boring. Snooze no. fest. Next. No, uh, not a sponsor, but if they do that, I would like them to be a sponsor. Uh, I've been watching a lot of Dimension 20. Yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, too much of it, even. Too much, some would say. Yeah. The thing I like about it, so for people that don't know, Dimension 20 is, um, it's a Dungeons and Dragons, mm-hmm. uh, where like people just sit around and play a campaign. And so it's kind of, it's nice because you can, they're long form episodes, like two and a half hour episodes. But it's kind of nice because you don't have to see what's going on. Right, you, can just listen. you can just listen to it like a podcast almost. But then uh, there are some good episodes of like I've got the dual monitor thing going on so mm-hmm. I'll be doing something on this computer and I'll just have on this monitor the video pulled up mm-hmm. I can just pop over I catch myself getting like more invested in what's going on over here on Dimension 20 than what's going on on the main screen uh-huh. where I'll be like playing Fallout or Starfield or something I'll just be like 
locked in on Dimension 29. I'm like, what was I doing over here? You know? <laughs> Fuck, I'm busy over here. Um, but no, I think uh, uh, Brennan Lee Mulligan, who does like the, he, I think he's like the creator of the concept for, for it's, called, it's on Dropout TV is what their streaming service is called. Which was made by College Humor. Yeah, it's College Humor. Um, but he's the game master generally. And he does a really good job of like, he's a really good improv mm-hmm. guy. So it always, they're all have a background in improv or comedy in some fashion, generally, unless they've got like guests. But so they do a really good job of having, you know, good conversation between each other instead of being like yeah. just a group of friends that have never done it before and are kind of like feel awkward and don't mm-hmm. want to do, you know, you got people that just like full send, you know, they're just yeah. in it, you know, and they're all funny too. So that helps. But no, it's really good and compelling stuff. The one that I've been watching is called Never After. It's got like 20 seasons, the Dimension 20 does, and each season's a different like campaign. Mm-hmm. But uh, Never After is like a uh, fairy tale world that's like dark and twisted where there's some sort of corruption that's come in. So all the characters are like, one is Sleeping Beauty, the other one is Pinocchio, Red Riding, sure. Riding Hood, and things like that. But uh, it's been a pretty pretty interesting season. Yeah. And it's always kind of fun to like figure out who's this person that they're talking to. Like, who is this fairy tale supposed right. to be? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But uh, yeah, it's been good stuff. I thought you said it was original. I've heard a tall tale before. Shit's fucked Anyways. up, man. <laughs> just- Thank you so much, everybody. No, no that's, that's all I've been thinking about. It's just... Uh, a lot of Dimension Twenty. Yeah, it. I think I live vicariously through it because I, I don't think I would enjoy playing D and D. I love D and D. I don't think I would enjoy it in the way that they're playing it mm-hmm. because I don't think I could like role play like that. I like half role play. Yeah, where it's like, what would you say? And you're like, I don't know. I'd say something about this, that, or the other thing. No, I'd be like, I'll ask like questions or whatever, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, oh, I know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go to the bar, mm-hmm. right, and then. I'm gonna open up the doors, and then, like, as I'm talking to someone, I say, I'm gonna roll for perception. Right. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm like, there's a lady over there. Right. Yeah. You know, Madam, please yeah, right. yeah, step yeah, yeah. to me. Yeah. Yeah. And I, just, I think I could do it. You just have to have, like, the group of friends to do it with. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but so it's just nice to, like, not have the pressure of you having to do the role playing or anything like that and just put it on there and you go. But, uh, yeah. So, like I said, not a sponsor, but I do think people should check it out. It's good yeah, stuff. Yeah. I think D&D is becoming more mainstream. Good, as it should. Yeah, and so I think there's a nice opportunity there. But uh, especially because they've done been doing this thing. Like I said, they've been like 20 on seasons. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, mm-hmm. uh, be sure to give us a great review. Uh, you know, Five stars and all that good stuff on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen. Uh, make sure that you're liking, following, subscribing to your audio service, audio streaming service of choice. That way you get notified when we post our episodes. People want to get in touch with us, tell us what their favorite uh, streaming movie is or if they like D&D or... If they are going to go see the creator, you know, how would they do that, Chris? Yeah, you can always take a look at us. You can check out our socials. Our Instagram and Facebook is Simply Warm Podcast. You can always uh, check out our Twitter. Our Twitter handle is warm underscore simply. Or our email is simplywarmmailbag at gmail.com. That's right. That's right. That's fucking hey, right. Hey, it is right. Yeah, and the next week, like I said, I think we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to go watch and talk uh, about the creator. Uh, since it's getting some pretty good reviews. And it's one that when the trailer came out, I was pretty, I was interested in. I thought it looked pretty good. I like Gareth Edwards, uh, who's mm. making it. Uh, John David Washington is a good actor. Mm. He, got, mm. he definitely got his daddy's genes when it comes to acting. Yeah. Um, and uh, and from I, the thing that it kind of intrigued me from some of the reviews that I saw, I didn't like get into the weeds on them. I just saw like, oh, it's getting some positive feedback. Uh, somebody said that it, they take what seems like a simple story and take it in a different direction. 
that makes it fresh. Because like you and I talked about last week or the it's week prior fresh. that we were like, it seems like it's going to, you know, save the child, save the future, whatever, right? Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Oh, yeah, we've all seen an escort mission movie before, you know. But it seems like they're going to freshen it up. So that's mm. good. I'm mm. excited to see what they do with that. Yeah. But uh, I, think that's, uh, I think that's it, Chris. Uh, that's the episode. Bye. This episode was edited by William Cooley.